We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey, Brunchables, welcome to Brunch Talk, where we dissect and analyze and answer the questions that you all have sent in. We love this portion because we get to weigh in and also get to hear what you all are going through. And believe it or not, the questions you all send in, you're not the only ones. You're not the only one going through what you're going through. So isn't that nice to know that? It is nice to know that. I feel like when I was dating before this podcast, you feel like you're on an island. Like you feel like there's something wrong with you because you're the only one going through something. So the fast that other people write in similar stuff is actually incredibly reassuring that there's indeed nothing wrong. It's just this is what's happening. You know, these are the things that we're all dealing with. Well, it's wild to me the stuff that people talk about with their friends versus what they're internally going through. And I remember when I was dating and having these thoughts of, well, I can't tell my friends this. This is unacceptable. They shouldn't know about this problem I'm having or I shouldn't be having this problem. And that's what makes us lonely in dating is these preconceived notions of what is a good problem to have and what's not a good problem to have. I relate to that. I remember I got to a point that I didn't even want to tell my friends about dates because I didn't yeah. want them to be like, well, what happened to this person? Yeah. Because, you know, they were here, especially friends that, you know, were in relationships. I had this like married couple I was super close with when I was like doing the height of my online dating. And I remember them just being like, wait, like, what about this person? What about this person? Like, why are yeah. any of these people coming? And they were all on board when it was a funny dating story or like a, yeah. like a hot date story. Interesting. 
that they were living vicariously through me. But I could never just tell them like that I felt really lonely through the process. And that's not okay. It's not like our friends are telling us not to tell them. It's just we have no these thoughts in our heads. They're, they're just very much limiting beliefs. I remember when, you know, my last relationship, we weren't having sex and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell you till after we broke up. We didn't have sex for a year. And I just thought, I oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with us. And then I end up through our podcast, we hear about so many people in the same boat who also feel like they can't talk about it with their friends because it's so taboo. What, what do you mean you're not having sex in a relationship? You should be having hot sex all the time. It's at your disposal. Like, no, that's yeah. that is how that is what caused so much conflict in my mind is feeling that loneliness. Like, can't tell anybody. <sighs> I feel like everyone (laughs) should grab their bestie, play Mm -hmm. this podcast before you go to brunch and go to like, I don't know, you know, like how there's like tasting menus for dinner. I feel like there should be like a tasting brunch menu that you Mm. can be there for hours. And it's socially acceptable to sit there for hours. Maybe like the first 30 minutes, it's, you know, the surface level, things are good, things are great. And then every course comes you know, we talked about it in our recent yeah. episode with Dr. Tasha Yurik, the dinner yeah. of truth. I feel like it needs to be the brunch of truth. Maybe her version was kind of like you Ooh. You asked someone like, what's the most annoying thing about you? Maybe not that for the brunch, but maybe you could be like, this is what's really going on with me. Like, I'm going to get real with how I'm feeling about things and guarantee it'll make you feel less alone. That's for sure. Uh, maybe, yeah, set an agenda. But not in those words. That sounds very yeah. clinical. But maybe there's certain prompts. The first like, baking course, we're going to discuss this. Then on Part eggs. one. Yeah. Part one A. But maybe, you know, you do the major life updates first. Get that out of the way. Talk about something fun that's happening. What's a fun plan or a trip that you're looking forward to? And then you get into what is something that is but that has been on your mind lately. And that mm-hmm. just that question alone could open up something, right? Like we can go yeah. a little bit deeper at these brunch talks. You know, like I never obviously want to wish things that are bad for my friends, but I do think back to like a lot of the defining moments when I became really close with people. Yeah. And it was when they were sharing things and I was sharing things that weren't going peachy keen. And I think that's just the reality is like life is not always super smooth. Like even when it appears like you have all your ducks in a row, I had a friend recently tell me just like what was really going on with her and I was like I feel closer to her because she was Mm. able to express that good good so I hope we can all get there but you can always just start with us first we'll answer your question (laughs) in front of thousands of people but no one knows it's your question that's the best part (laughs) but this is a good one today I think a lot of people we've heard many variations of this question over the years we got a more specific example that we'll read but we actually got multiple versions even sent to brunch talk of this so we kind of paraphrased the general question and used one specific example to go off of but very common thing we'll go into and the question is I'm having doubts about my current relationship but I'm afraid of starting over. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) The more context one that we'll read is, I've been dating someone for two years, and I describe the relationship as good, but not great. We get along well enough, but our connection doesn't run deep, in my opinion. I've had this type of connection before with my ex, so I know what it could look like. My current partner is good on paper. There's nothing wrong with our relationship, but it feels like we're living separate lives and our talks only go surface level. I'm Mm. 37 years old 
old, though, and afraid to start over, especially since I want to have children soon. I've already put two years in, so the thought of going on dating apps again feels intimidating. Should I just accept that I won't have the strong connection I once had, or should I go looking for it all? Yep, been there, done that, uh, lived to tell about <laughs> it. I think that it's just such a such a real thought, especially when you're in your mid to late 30s. You start thinking the biological clock is really ticking for you, and the thought of starting over is fucking scary. When all your oh, single yes. friends are telling you about their dating app experiences, you're like, mm, do I choose a loveless relationship or this bullshit that's happening? I don't know. It is really hard, and I think the ones where it's good but not great are exceptionally hard because yes. I think when it's bad, it's obvious that you should end it. Like if you're not being treated well or there's some glaring issue that you're aware of, but when it's just, you know, mediocre and everything's yeah. good on paper, that good on paper really traps you, doesn't it? That really gets you every single time. It makes it feel like you would be stupid to give this up, essentially. Yes. Yes. And I think that's what makes it really hard. But then at the end of the day, while yes, it's hard to start over, no one's doubting that, this is your life we're talking about. Yeah. This is a long time to be with someone. So I feel like, you know, we're so picky about, you know, what shoes to buy and shit. Like, why wouldn't we want to be selective of who we end up with? I don't actually think it's about starting over. And I hope we mm -hmm. can reframe that a little bit. Everything we do in life propels us forward. It's not about starting over. You're actually, if you were to break up today and you start dating tomorrow, it doesn't mean that you're starting from ground zero. It just means that you're starting a new chapter. So yeah. I think first and foremost, reframe that it's not about starting over. The second thought I have is I recently had a friend who, who told me that his grandma changed her career path when she was 50 years old. She wanted to be a lawyer. And by the time she graduated from law school, she was already in her mid 50s. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Like, isn't it too late for this? And her response was, I'm going to be old anyway. So yeah. why not do the thing that I want to do? And I feel that way about this situation too, is it's not about time loss. You're going to be aging anyway. Yeah. Why not be in two years from now, wouldn't you rather be in a happy, healthy, fulfilling relationship, even maybe with your current partner, rather than where you are today? So I really believe it's not about starting over. It's about progressing forward. Yeah, you know, there's a saying, you're not starting over, you're starting from experience. And I think that mm. really holds true with this. You know, it's so hard to know, like, can you make it with the current partner? Or can you not? And you know, like every situation is different. I think I would personally look back on like, was there ever this feeling of greatness in this relationship? Was it always kind of mediocre? Or has something changed along the way that's caused it to? And I think yeah. that's really telling because that helps you understand what you're starting with. What can you actually build on opposed to, you know, there's some relationships, like there's plenty of people I've met and even friends that just like it falls short. And probably as deep as we're going to get is what we are doing current day. Like that's just the reality is that people click in different ways. So did you once have a connection that was deeper or has it always been this way? And if it's always been this way, I think before throwing in the towel, like is there 
there ways that you can provoke it out. Like I think, you know, oftentimes we complain that we're not talking about deep things with people. Like what conversations are you having? Like, Mm -hmm. are you able to, you know, maybe there's something that you're really important for you to talk about, like some philosophy of life or I don't know, what do you do? What do you define as deep? Everyone has different definitions of what a deep convo means. So maybe it's getting crystal clear of what that actually looks like for you. Like what would a fulfilling partnership look like? Like what are the types of conversations you have? What is kind of the balance of more like surface level fun versus more heartwarming or I don't even know. Again, this is up to your definition to figure out what works for you. But getting clear on that and trying to initiate and seeing how this person shows up is so important to determine is it that they don't have the capacity or have we not been in that setting? The question to ask yourself before any action is taken is, did I try my best? Yeah. Did I try my best? If you did try your best to salvage the relationship, then you can rest assured that you can move on from it. But if you think there's still room for improvement, I always believe in working on the relationship first before bailing. And if your partner is willing to get on board, I don't see any reason not to try. I mean, for so long when I was dating, I would bail when the relationship felt stale or I felt complacent or felt they were complacent. But why didn't I just pause and think, hey, how can we work on this together? And if you don't give your partner that chance, it's actually really unfair for them to not make that effort with you. So think about that. It's like, did I try my best? And if there's still room for improvement here, what is the next step I can take? Some things that couples, especially earlier, like in the first couple years, what they're blessed with is the lack of huge life events, a death Mm -hmm. in the family, someone getting laid off, uh, having kids. These are huge life events that sometimes bring couples closer together. So You should feel blessed that maybe you haven't had these huge life events, but you can make them as hypotheticals. Oh, my friend from college, her husband is suffering from stage four stomach cancer. If that were to happen to us, how would we want to make this relationship work? Hypotheticals. I think there's nothing wrong, especially two years into a relationship, have these conversations about the hypotheticals in the future. That's how I think many couples find that vulnerability to become closer. Yeah. Let's hold that thought for a few messages. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow. It will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H emp.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. 
With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's interesting that this person that wrote in said that it feels like they're not very interconnected. Mm. And, you know, I who knows if they live together or my guess is that they don't from this and it's kind of living separate lives is what was mentioned. It may be doubling down. What is it that's causing you to hold back on this? Because I feel like if you continue to live separate lives after two years, like that's probably an indication that it's not going to go that deep and feel that serious because part of it I think there's this period at the beginning when you're dating but eventually you move more into like this is us doing life together and if you never move into that phase it always feels like disconnected dating I think ultimately this person needs to ask themselves like how much do I want to try to make this work and it may be taking bigger swings or if you really don't want to make it work like if you find yourself fighting (laughs) to make it work that's a sign also I feel like I don't know I'm like mixed on it it's like on one 
side, I do think people should like fight and try their best. But then on the other side, it's like sometimes you just can't force things. Mm -mm. You know, like if you know deep down that this is not really what you want. And I think also getting real with yourself is like, why did I enter this in the first place? Did Mm -hmm. I enter this because I was stressed about time? Did I feel that pressure crunch to have kids? And again, this person looked good on paper and they seem viable. I think understanding the history you've had with this person is so essential and where your own motivations were coming to determine if it's worth fighting for. If you can acknowledge, hey, I actually wasn't in a good place when we met. I was lonely and I was looking for someone to fill a void and now it's caught up to me and I realize this isn't the right fit. Maybe the kindest thing actually could be to let both of you go to find the people that are right for you. Yeah. That's a really important point there is what are your intentions behind your actions? If you are choosing to stay with this person, is it because you're afraid? Is it because of the fear of starting over, the fear of being lonely, the fear of being single? Or are you really thinking that you're just not happy in this relationship? I like to fight for relationships now that we've been doing so many seasons of Dateable is I realize good relationships are made. They're not just packaged for you. So I believe in fighting for the relationship. But like Julie said, if you feel like you're forcing yourself and your heart is not in it, that's not a good sign that you're in the right relationship. Now, I would say professional help is always an option. My ex and I went to couples counseling and it was eye-opening for us to realize we were not right for each other. (laughs) And that felt really good to break up that way, knowing that we did our best. We even got professional help. So if that is something you're considering, I highly, highly recommend it to have a third party just come in and help facilitate the conversation. I was going to ask you, like, looking back on it in retrospect, are you glad you really put in that work with your ex? Or do you think that you might have been able to realize earlier that it just wasn't the right fit and all the work wouldn't have made it the right fit? I'm so glad. I'm so glad we made that effort because it showed it showed that we weren't willing to waste any more time in a complacent relationship. If I didn't seek that help, I probably would have stayed another year or two. Really? Right. Because it was comfortable. He was good on paper. Everything was fine. But it wasn't what I wanted. It did not inspire me to grow. So when we did receive this professional help, which most couples, after couples counseling, probably have a game plan of how they strengthen the relationship. For us, it was just so clear that we were not right for each other. And we weren't willing to take that next step to to fit these two people together who don't really belong together. I definitely agree with that. I guess my question is more, would it, in retrospect, would it have made more sense to throw in the towel earlier once you realized that it was more of a complacent not exciting relationship? Or do you think it was worth the time investment to try to make it work? Absolutely. I would have asked, what if? Because when you're with someone good on paper, and there's nothing noticeably wrong about your relationship, you start questioning what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Am I just not cut out for relationships? And I have been Mm. in bad situationships where I thought, oh, I got to hang on to this one because this one's stable. This one's this one's for real. Right. So you start thinking like, what if if we were to break up early? What if we stayed together? What if we got married? So I'm glad we had a definitive from the heart, from the soul answer of like, yeah, no, we're not fucking right for each other. It's true. I don't know, though. I'm like still mixed. Like if you know in your gut that you're not right for each other and you know that you've experienced something deeper in the past. 
I don't know if all the work in the world is going to make this person your person. All it Mm. might do is bring clarity that they're not your person. And I think there's an extreme benefit, like you were saying, of just knowing for sure I did what I could. I did it all. No regrets. And now I know for sure. I think that is there's a lot of benefits of that. But I'm also wondering if like you do know to not be afraid of the other side, because I think that Mm -hmm. is what gets in people's way. And, you know, like, in my opinion, I feel like... Like, I, I'm a romantic, so I'll, I'll caveat it by saying that. <laughs> but I do feel like you should hold out for this person that, you know, really gets you. And like, you really have that, re- you know, that deep connection with. Because I think this person is ultimately so important in your overall well-being, the trajectory of your life. Like, this isn't a decision that's like made lightly. And I feel like so many times we're all just trying to check the box and prove that we can be in a relationship that we don't think about, okay, what about in like 10 years, 20 years, 30 Mm -hmm. years, like, do I want to be with this person? (laughs) You know, so I think it should be a decision that's not not taken lightly. And if your gut is telling you that this is not the right person, I think it's important to listen to that. A point taken. I totally agree. Sometimes you just don't have that clarity. Maybe your gut's like, I don't know, right? I think even in this person's situation, she felt that connection with an ex, which didn't work out. In my situation, same thing. I felt a stronger connection with other people in the past. Those didn't work out, ended up hurting me. So I thought maybe I don't really need that deep of a connection. I I need more stable of a relationship. And to be frank, if my partner was willing and we were both willing to work on the relationship in the lifetime of a partnership, you're going to have times where you don't have that deep connection. You're going to lose it sometimes. Then you have to gain it back. So it's not really about like, is that connection there for you to make this this uh, intuitive decision? I think it's like, is it? It's about two people. Are they willing to even work on getting that connection back? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a big piece of it. And I agree that like, there's going to be times in every relationship that you might be feel more or less connected to someone, but I do believe it had to be there at some point. And if it was never there at some point, that's a big difference than if it's in a phase that you're not connecting. I think you can work through a phase. You can't work through that this is just the way you two connect. Not every person you're going to just be able to talk for hours with. That's just the reality. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. If the the reason for getting together in the first place was because I've heard this, I should be with someone like this. Yeah. I should be in a stable relationship like this with without saying I actually really like this person. That's a huge red flag. That does not provide a good foundation. It's hard, though, because like what you're saying, and I totally hear this, and I even I feel like in my current partnership, I had similar feeling of, you know, I've been with these people that aren't stable. I've been with these people Mm -hmm. that aren't consistent. So you're looking for that quality. And that is a good quality. That's not a bad quality whatsoever. But it can't be the only quality. And I think that's what ends up happening is we overemphasize the things that we didn't have in the past. Like this person Mm -hmm. said, they've had this connection before. So maybe they They've gone too far. And I'm just saying this observing your relationship, UA. I feel like you overcompensated, but now your current partner is more equilibrium. Like you had to go to the far end to now come back to someone that's still stable, still consistent, but you have that like oomph with, you know? Yeah. But I had to get through the last relationship exactly. to really appreciate exactly. this current relationship. So again, so it's no short, time wasted. It, no, no time, time wasted. wasted. Yeah. I did not start over. Although you know, I was what thirty eight years old. Thirty was I thirty eight? I can't I think remember. You were thirty seven. 
37 years old, single, thinking I just got out of this two-year relationship. What am I doing? I was back on the apps, but I was not active at all. I truly felt like, here we go. But my idea of starting over was just starting over with a fresh mindset, not having expectations. And then six months later, I reconnect with my current partner. During that those six months, I only went on two dates. Yeah. I only went on two dates. I didn't swipe that much. I was just not in that mindset of being date after date. That kind of starting over felt completely different than the last time I was single. Totally. I really think that's what opened me up to welcome the current partner into my life. I agree. I think when I started over after my last ex, it was very different the way I approached dating. I was also not serial dating. Yeah. Like I was just more open to different aspects and focusing on different qualities. So like what we've said, it's starting from experience. Whatever happens with this two-year relationship, it was not a waste of time. There's probably yeah. a lot that you hopefully, you know, on one side you can work through it. If it's not the right fit, then I think that's also a benefit. Like you said, it took realizing that it wasn't the right right fit to know like, okay, I still want these qualities, but this is what was missing. And that's what can help guide me to finding that person that actually is everything I'm looking for. And you know, we all deserve that everything. And I don't I think like sometimes it feels like it's a lot to ask for like someone that's going to be our all and do all this. But if you are intentional about what you're looking for, you don't have crazy Mm -hmm. like expectations, like a laundry list going down for miles. But if you're like clear on, you know, you want someone where there's a great connection you want someone where you feel safe and secure and you want somewhere where you know there's physical intimacy like that's not too much to ask for I don't believe yeah and I'm not a romantic like you Julie so I don't believe like I don't personally believe I will ever be with someone who can give me everything or have everything that I'm looking for but I do believe that this last time around my intention was just finding someone who was willing to grow with me Mm -hmm. and someone who that had that same mentality of adventure in terms of physical adventures, but also mental adventures. So my partner certainly does not have everything I'm looking for. The the one quality is that we are both able to evolve and grow together. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. Yeah, well, no one's going to have every last quality. I'm not even that much for a bit. <laughs> but I think I think it's, it's defining what qualities really ultimately matter to you is yes. a big piece of it. But I think what I'm really gathering from this conversation is every situation is going to have nuance the more you can understand and know your own situation your own motives your own reasoning and decide like is this something we're both going to try to like fight for and i don't even like the the word fight for but like try to make work essentially try to make it work and at least we know we gave it our all or again if we one or both of us feel like it's not worth fighting for or worth trying then we have our answer also and Mm -hmm. again not starting over, starting from experience. This is all going to help you in the long term. We all have these arbitrary timelines and days of all this stuff, but modern medicine and technology, like you could have babies later in life too. It's going to be okay. I think the worst (laughs) thing is to just feel the pressure and just do something out of pressure, not because that's what you really want. Yeah, that's set up for fail for sure. Great. Well, keep the questions coming. These questions are so great. And we've gotten such fantastic feedback from you all. So you can always email us hello at datablepodcast.com with your brunch talk questions, or you can DM us at Instagram at datablepodcast. 
podcast. Yes. Wonderful. Well, keep up coming and we'll see you next week. Bye. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Mm-hmm.